0: In the book of John, there are some key words that keep coming up, and one of the there's three one three words that really, as you read through this gospel, that you're going to find to be uh, important. Of course, today we're going to talk about light, but the other two words are along with light is life and darkness, and these are the words that make a repeated appearance throughout the book of John and even in his other book, First John, Second John, Third John. There's much to be said about light and how important it is just to our existence. The use of light in the terms of the sun and, and that process that we learned in school, photosynthesis. Remember back in the day when you were sitting in science class and you had to go through all that? Photo what? Photosynthesis, where the, the sun comes and it nourishes, it reacts with the plants and, and vegetation of life and, and it helps it turn green and just a couple of days ago, we were looking at the corn thinking, hmm, this looks kind of sad right now. But it's amazing what a little or a lot of water and a little sun will do. Where they were just barely up out of the ground, now they're getting taller. All of the process of photosynthesis. The use of light in our everyday existence. If you ever take a p- picture, you have to have the right light. So that when you take the picture, whatever it is that you're taking that picture of will show up. So light uh, is important. I don't know if you've ever been, uh, if you ever looked at the sunset or even a sunrise early in the morning as the sun's coming up off the horizon. Sometimes I get to the church real early and the sun's just coming up and I look across the yard and the dew on the ground and the sun coming up and I just go, wow. God, nobody can paint a picture like God can paint a picture. I remember a few years back when some of the astronauts were out in space and they took a snapshot of the earth and I looked at that and it's just a a beautiful blue and white, look like a marble, sitting out in the vastness of space. And I thought to myself, wow, there we are, just a little bit, just a little dot in the universe of God. And then light also has some other common. Practices and uses. I don't know if you've ever gotten up. at It's early or early in the morning. Or late at night. And your house was dark. And you're walking around. And you're fumbling around. And just a little light. Would help you. As you try to walk your way through the house. Because if it didn't take much light to see, just a little flicker. We have a couple of little night lights that we plug in at night because sometimes somebody might want to get up and they, even though they know there's a table there and even though they know different parts of the furniture is where it's at, there's something about walking at night and you're walking around and boom. And I don't know about you, but when that happens and I stub my toe, I just have to say, Praise you, Jesus. Because I might want to say something else. But the Lord says don't say that. Say thank you. But if I had just a little bit of light. I might have prevented myself. From. Going. Help me Jesus. Help me Jesus. Just a little light. Just a little light. And here in. John chapter 1. John says in verse number 9, and we'll read 9 through 13, he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But here's that word that scripture uses so often. But to all who did receive him, to all who did believe in his name, he gave the right. Some translations say power, but really a better word there is right. He gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. The true light. He says in that verse. The true light, which gives light to everyone. Now, the fact that Jesus is identified as the true light would suggest that there is a false light. And there are many imitators and many imitations of the true light. But in reality, there's only one true. And that word true deals with genuine, authentic, trustworthy, real. That's all who Jesus is. He is the authentic light, He's the real light. He's the genuine light, and he is the trustworthy light. That true light, which was given to everyone, he says here, the true light, which gives light to everyone. We talked about that a little bit Wednesday night. We were dealing on Wednesday nights. We we're dealing with evangelism, and uh, that can be confusing because some, depending on how you read it and interpret it, it says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world from creation on the true light has always been here. And some would say that what's really being said here is that the true light has been given or was given to all men so that all would be without excuse and could not claim ignorance. In other words, there's nobody in this room today or outside this room or in the world today that can say that they don't know who the true light is. Because by revelation and by creation, the true light has been made known. We go all the way back up to the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was, there it is, life. And the life, Jesus, is the light of men Amen. that life Christ is the light of men so nobody can claim I didn't know because the very word says that now go with me to John chapter 8 just back over a few more pages and we'll probably preach about this when we get to John 8 John chapter 8 and verse 12 Jesus speaking says again Jesus spoke to them saying I am there it is I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's great. I love that. I like what he says. He says, "I am the light of the world." The true light that's who he is. Whoever follows me, you won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. Amen. Another one goes me to first John all the way back before Revelation. First John chapter one. and verse number five, same author, different book. First John chapter one and verse five. John says, "This is the message, We have heard from him, and we proclaim to you, here it is, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I know many of you think I'm really crazy when I say the possibility of having light and darkness dwelling together is impossible with God. You can't have just a little of God. You've got to have you possess all of who he is in Christ so that we are now without excuse. In terms of who Christ is and who God is. Amen? It's the idea like this. Everybody in here lives in a house. And everybody that has a house is connected to a grid, whether it be DPNL, L, C G and e whatever you got, okay? That supplies your electricity. Now here it is. Every house has the potential to have electricity. But if you elect not to use the power that's at your disposal, in other words, it's not mandatory, it's compulsory that you can either use it or not use it. You have access to light or you don't have access to light. And that is true with Christ. We've been given all the light that we need. What our problem is is, that we need to know that now that Christ has come, belief or unbelief is no longer a crisis of our intellect. It is a crisis of the will. We either believe or we don't believe. You can't half do this thing. It's not about what I think and how I process all that. It comes down to my will. Either I accept the fact that Christ is the true light, or I don't believe that he's a true light. And when a darkened mind chooses to remain in darkness, it is not is to be the blame of that individual because he's made that choice. If you remain in darkness, it's because you have elected by your will to remain in darkness. Amen. And that's why he comes comes back and tells us here in John chapter 1, verse 9. The true life, which he is light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. How can you have Christ with you and not know him? Amen. He lived here on the earth for 33 and a half years, and yet, he all the miracles that he did, all the things that he's done, yet what we find out in this verse, in these verses is he came to his own and his own didn't know him. Not just the Jews, but those of us that are Gentiles. He lived, he breathed, he died from creation and all that he's done. And yet we do not know who he is. He says he came to his own people. They did not receive him. But here's the key. But to all who receive him, to all that come to know him. The God who believe in his name, he's given the right to become the children of God. If you allow the light of the word to be part of your will, then you can come to Christ and be called a child of God. And it's not because we are born, not by our blood, not because of who we are or where our bloodline is, not because of our own minds, because you can't save yourself. If you're saved today, it's because God has made your heart and mind quickened by the Holy Spirit, you don't decide to accept Jesus. You don't decide to make Jesus your choice. He helps you make that choice. And then last but not least, it's not a flesh nor the will of man. It's nothing about us, but it's all God. Amen? And what I love about this is that salvation has been freely given to us all. And if you're here today and don't know Jesus, guess what? You don't have to stay in that state. The penalty for your sin has already been paid by the blood of Jesus. He went to the cross and died for you. So that really, if you're here today and don't know Christ and know the power of his resurrection, guess what? You're without excuse. So that if you die today without Jesus, guess what? And go and bust hell wide open. It's because you, in your own will, elected to do that. Because the opportunity is given to you right now at this very moment to see yourself standing before a holy God and say, I need the Lord in my life. I've tried to do this thing on my own. I can't do it. I need somebody bigger than me. And who's that person bigger than you? Jesus. He died that we might live. And if you're here today and don't know Jesus, you can come down here today and say, you know what? Explain to me this thing called salvation. What is that all about? It's about f- accepting the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Come down, you learn, and you say, you know what? I stand before a holy God. I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus in my life. Help me, Lord, to come to a point that I want to sixth you as my Lord and Savior. And then after you do that, that's just first step of many steps that you got to take. But that's first base. And I'm so glad Jesus died for me. I'm glad he went to the cross and paid the penalty of my sin. I'm glad it's not what I do, but it's what he's already done for me. Amen? Amen. And I'm saved today, not because I'm the pastor, not because I'm the preacher, not because I'm this or that. I'm saved today because of what Jesus did for me over 2,000 years ago. In his mind's eye, he saw a little boy growing up by the name of Byron McGee. And one day he said, Byron, you're going to come and you're going to accept me as your Lord and Savior. And that is going to be the first step of many steps throughout your, so far, 57 years. And I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know he holds the future. I know he holds the present moment. And I know he's held everything that happened in my past. And I would not change anything for what he's done for me. Because I know he loves me, and he has the very best in store for me. He said it all when he said, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundant, whatever that abundance is. And we look at abundance as having a whole lot. But maybe some the tragedies that happened in South Carolina, the things that are happening in our world today, some bad things, that could be part of the abundant life. How do you explain the fact that some of the people who were shot and killed, some of their family members, even members of that church, are able to tell the person that did that, and able to say they forgive that person of what he did. You can only do that with the Lord of the with the power of the Lord in your life. Because you know how we are. If somebody does something bad to me, I'm gonna do something bad to you. Oh, just cut me off when I'm getting ready to pull into a parking space and see what happens. You know how we can be? Wait a minute, that's mine. Let alone talk about the extremeness of being, having somebody murdered or killed in your family innocently for no reason. And yet they're able to say, I forgive them. Hey, only the Lord could do that. I close on this note. I was sharing with, I don't know who I said this to, but it was, it was interesting that one of my pastor friends said, isn't it, isn't it ironic that all that took place in that church in South Carolina was in a place where forgiveness? ought to be given. Some of you don't get it, but you'll get it maybe when you get home. Think about that. The very place that this horrible act was committed was at a place where forgiveness is supposed to be supreme. And for we who say we're the church not to do that is an indictment on us as the church of the living Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how you blessed us. Thank you for how you kept us. And Lord, I pray that you would enable us to recognize that you are the true light. As the song was said, help us to walk in the light, the beautiful light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't know what the day holds for. Don't know what tomorrow or the next week or next month or even the rest of this year. But Lord, we want to trust you. And allow you to help us to be that light, that city that's set up on the hill that cannot be hid so that we can share with a dying world the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. Help us to be the witnesses, the disciples, the followers of Jesus so that others can have what we have in Christ. Thank you, Father. Bless now your people. In the remainder of this day, give traveling mercies to those that will be traveling. Be with us as we spend time with our families and friends. And just, Lord, lead and guide us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.